and welcome aboard the Diecast Enterprise. I'm Pags. I'm Foley. <laughs> that sweet little murmur you heard was Foley. Hello. <laughs> He's very shy after the last episode. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. So, today's episode is The Naked Now, which is basically a remake of the original series episode, The Naked Time. Inspired by, at the very least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very heavily influenced by that episode that clearly in the first season of Trek here they were like how are we gonna evoke that original series flavor you remember that episode where uh, uh. Takei was running around the corridors all sweaty and naked yeah let's do that did we have to do that apparently we did so this episode is really good it's okay let, let's not pull any punches it's really hard to watch this one it's <laughs> yeah a real shame that it's basically the first episode in the proper production run after the pilot maybe if for no other reason then you're gonna do a thing where you're gonna have all of the characters act out of character and act goofy and weird but that effect is lost because we don't know any of these people yet interestingly enough though the naked time in the original series is also one of the very early episodes probably also wouldn't have had the same effect there that it might have after a couple seasons of a <laughs> Establishing who these people are. It's true. This is a uh, poorly placed episode. It doesn't really work considering you don't really know these characters yet. Drunk Picard, hilarious to us. In retrospect, it. yeah, hilarious. Retrospectively. But I can imagine watching this episode the first time, it must have been pretty confusing. Like, it doesn't play as well as it would have if you had several seasons of Picard under your belt. For sure. And they didn't have that, so instead they had to uh, de-evolve everybody. It's an odd choice. Now, in the log entry that opens the episode, Picard says that they're traveling at warp 7. And they're clearly at They're clearly at impulse power. Yeah, impulse power. They are not traveling at warp at all. The graphics are very clear. Because we all know what traveling at warp looks like in Star Trek. You've got those star lines streaking by with their redshift and everything, you know? Yeah. Which is a cool effect. I really like that. Again, there's continuity stuff is going to come up as the series and production team kind of finding their feet on things. A lot of stuff we just take for granted, I guess, hadn't been clearly established. They're finding their feet at this point, and they haven't found their feet yet. They're walking on stumps <laughs> at the moment. But we feel confident that feet will be found soon. Once the cast sobers up. <laughs> Oh, the naked now. So they find the Tchaikovsky. Was that the name of the ship? Uh, yeah. In, in one shot, you see the registration plaque for the ship. The commission plaque, excuse me, with all Cyrillic characters on it. Kind of neat. Yeah. Um, it's a Tchaikovsky? I don't quite know how it's said. It's a science vessel, and um, it's calls for distress. They're approaching it as fast as they can. And the captain on there is being all flirty. Yeah, you know, he's like, like hello, like, boys. The very first interview is like, I hope there's a lot of pretty boys over there. And oh, that's right. She's willing. While this is being said, the close-up is on Picard and Riker. I don't know whether that was like intentional. It's like pretty boys, and there's Riker on screen. They I, just do an off-screen fist bump. High Almost. fives being traded all around the Enterprise. Totally. Yeah. Almost immediately after that happens, um, yeah. they open the airlock on their bridge because apparently the Tchaikovsky has an airlock on the bridge. Sure. It's weird. Science vessel. It's just science. I wouldn't put an airlock on the bridge. You're but not, You're not a scientist. I'm not a starship designer. No. And clearly I should be because that's a really bad design choice. Me personally, what? if I were putting airlocks on a ship, which I would. Why do you hate science? Listen, I'm a young Earth creationist and Fine. you and Bill Nye can go suck it. You look a lot like Bill Nye. Has anyone told you that? No. For the ladies in the audience, Foley has kind of a resemblance to Bill Nye, so you're welcome. 
if I were designing a starship, I would make airlocks not immediately accessible to the interior of the ship. I would go with a dual lock system, as I think we do in well, real life. An airlock would be a room. Like you, Generally, You yeah. go in, and then that room seals off from the inside of the ship, and then the outside of it opens up to space. I think that is like what an airlock is. This isn't an airlock so much as it's a door. It does kind of look like a door in the one shot yeah. we get of it. They skim over a lot of the details in a lot of ways. Full disclosure here, the away team beams over from the Enterprise to the set of the Enterprise, the other <laughs> ship. It's just the corridor of the ship, dressed up with red lights. And party favors. And, and party favors. Crazy straws. Uh, the other ship, everybody has been intoxicated, so they had a party. But we only get one still shot of their bridge. Oh, this is a good thought, though. Data says to Riker when they arrive, he looks at Riker and he goes, indications of what humans would call a wild party? Oh, nice. And Riker's all like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it got me to thinking. Like, Riker knows. It's interesting because this is a term that Data knows, but throughout season one, and even in this episode, terms will come up, you know, just standard idioms and turns of phrase that Data has to ask about because he doesn't know them. Though he, they're in his limitless... Even though he's yeah, like... memory banks. He's got like a brain bigger than the fucking internet and his memory acts basically like Google. It's all in there, but, you he's know... He's never accessed that thing. So, so he knows the term wild party, yet later on in the episode Picard he's, he's just a Kim Mitchell fan probably <laughs> later on Picard will say our security officer seems to have the equivalent of a snootful and Data will be like query sir snootful Use your fucking robot brain. You know what a snootful is. It's in there. I guarantee it. Instead of asking, just take three seconds to search through your memory. It shouldn't even take you that long. You can do three trillion operations per second. That's like the benchmark they give in season two, Measure of a Man. And yet, it takes him upwards of nine minutes to put the isolinear chips back in. Jumping ahead spoilers. At the end of the episode, he has to put all the isolinear control chips back into the computer in the engineering bay that have been pulled out of the out, essentially. And this task is going to take a human several hours to do, we're told. But uh, Data is, of course, able to do it faster. But still, it would take him about 10 minutes? That seems a bit weird that he can't do it faster than that, It does. Honest. It doesn't seem to be that complicated a procedure. I don't even know why it would take a human hours. You know, you just sort out... Which Aren't they labeled? Uh, yeah, yeah, you would think so. It'd just be a matter of sorting the chips and then putting them in their correct slots but i don't know maybe starfleet makes it really confusing maybe each chip is unlabeled so you have to um it's dumb and stupid i don't know to recap i guess what happens they bring the infection back aboard the enterprise with them big surprise but Um, while they were over there they found that frozen room and we were talking about this during the episode oh yeah uh jordy is the first one to get infected he goes into this crew quarters and the room is frozen everything is covered in frost he walked into a freezer and i don't understand how that happened really because even if they turned off the environmental controls in that room. They're in a starship. This room is insulated, you know? It wouldn't freeze. It's they not a... said they set the climate control in the room to cold. I don't think they just turned it off. I don't think that the climate controls would even be able to do that. Like, Why not? The ship's got to would... be able to accommodate life forms from planets that probably have yeah. sub-zero atmospheres, you know, where it's cold. Maybe. I think, again, this is a science vessel. Who knows what it's capable of? <laughs> it stretches credibility for me, but all right. Uh, I just have to disagree on this one. Okay, no. later on, I will argue in favor of Data being able to become intoxicated, and you can argue against oh, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. 
So, yeah, Geordi gets infected by touching a frozen corpse. They bring the disease back to the Enterprise. Um, Geordi starts to show symptoms pretty quickly. Yeah, and apparently Geordi is a mean drunk. Yeah. You wouldn't think it, but... It's always the ones you least expect. At least in the early stages of drunkenness, Geordi is an angry drunk. I think basically Dr. Crusher's like, why are you so sweaty? And he's like, fuck off and die, doctor. That's not exactly what he says, but more or less. That's what he meant. Yeah, I mean, he says, maybe it's because you've got it too hot in here to rhyme with fuck off and die. Yeah. And then, like, he bitches her out one more time and then claims that it was a joke. Like, oh, yeah, that was really funny. I'm just gonna confine you to... Oh, right. So they, uh, she confines him to sickbay, which involves um, nothing. Nothing. So he promptly walks out. As soon as she turns her back, he walks right out of there to go infect other people. The uh, Starfleet quarantine procedures seem to be very lax in this episode. They've come back. There seems to be some concern that they have brought back whatever killed everybody on the Chikoshi. Yeah. So instead of immediately putting that crew member who seems to be infected into isolation and quarantine, they just confine him to sickbay, which, as we've mentioned, means absolutely nothing. Because he can just get up and walk out, no problem. Being confined to sickbay, more or less, has involves Dr. Crusher waggling her finger at you. Well, I mean, that's the thing about the next-gen universe, especially in season one, is they seem to think that everyone's just mature enough to deal with this stuff on the honor system. Well, A they... lot of things in next-gen in season one operate on the honor system. Yeah, it's kind of... Remember that episode that's coming up where they find those uh, people from, like, 20th century earth that were cryogenically frozen oh, man, yeah. and that one guy gets onto the comm circuit while they're having issues with the Romulans. Right. Everybody's <laughs> supposed to be responsible. Everyone, like, I kind of every- like that but then of course yeah. I think that upon discovering that Jordy seems to be infected with whatever it is that killed everybody on the Tchaikovsky that he would immediately have been put into an isolation room. A room which could only be accessed by medical personnel. He wouldn't be able to just walk out. His judgment is clearly impaired. They shouldn't be trusting him to just stay put. No. Oh, it's ridiculous. And he doesn't stay put. He no, he does not. He goes and he visits Wesley and strokes his long swan-like neck. That was weird. That was weird, but that gives him the disease as well. And uh, It's transmitted through sweat. Right. Perspiration through the skin. So when you get it, you get sweaty and clammy. And when you touch somebody with your clammy hands, you give it to them. Accompanied by this, it sounds like a hypospray sound effect. Yes. Like you touch someone and it's like... Whoosh. Mm-hmm. And now they have the infection. Now touch Foley's shoulder. Now Foley's drunk. Right. That's and that's how people act. Is it just that in the 24th century they have no alcohol tolerance anymore because they've been drinking synthahol for so long? Oh, Riker clearly does. He like he gets yeah. infected and yeah, he's barely good. anything happens to him. Yeah, he gets, he's fine. he gets a little slower at the yeah, end. Yeah, he gets it. sweaty and you know h- yeah. a, a little foggy, but he doesn't get super drunk. Everybody else gets super drunk. There were a lot of missed opportunities for hilarity in this episode. I mean, for one thing, I want to know more about the replicators on the ship in general. You just say I want a pepperoni pizza, you no know other specifications, and you. Get Get this exact thing or can it make it to specification i don't know like, so if you're drunk for example jordy could easily have asked for a pepperoni pizza in the shape of a giraffe could it have done that what would it have done i don't know clearly it can deal with things like temperature like picard can order his tea <laughs> hot hot what i'd be curious about is is it that every time you order something it's exactly the same every time yeah. like you're basically cloning your food every pepperoni pizza you get from the replicator will be exactly mm-hmm. the same each pepperoni will be in the exact same place. Or, you know, maybe like a a kiddie pool full of nacho cheese. (laughs) 
or something like that? Or what, what, how would it even handle such a request? I don't think it could. I think there's a size limit on the replicator's abilities. It seems to be single serving. You know, the holodeck has safety protocols built in. Do the food replicators do as well? They won't administer food in like you know lethal dosages. It's possible. <laughs> Give me a liter of whiskey, <laughs> or yeah. sorry, no, like, you know, a gallon with an oil barrel drumble. It's hard to say because, like, I mean, you can put that limit on there, but you could just order a whole bunch of small. If you have a family on the Enterprise, do you have like child safety controls on it? Like, to prevent your kids from just replicating I, chocolate I all the time? I presume that you would. I presume there are parental controls on the replicators so that their kids can't just order chocolate sundaes all the time. It would be so easy to like self impose a diet if you wanted to do that then. I think that's the reason we don't see a lot of fat people in next gen is that Maybe, uh, yeah. the calorie and portion control and composition are so much easier to control than they are here in the real world. I suppose, but you then you can just always whip down to 10 forward, it's replicate true. five Sundays. Who knows? 10 forward, I think, works on a credit system, too. Like, what? I think, really? Yeah, yeah, I think you actually have to purchase stuff. Again, we, no, isn't it just on the honor system again, where... I don't know, because... We're in the 24th century. They're, well, remember, Dr. Crusher buys fabric in the very first episode. Charge it to Dr. Crusher. But that's not on the starship. That's yeah, a, that's true that's enough, a, but, I mean, it is an indication that... Okay, the currency exists currency in the Star Trek universe. Exactly. But I don't know if it's used within Starfleet. I don't know. When the, you know, we already know there's a Starfleet barber on the ship, right? Yeah. We meet him. Like, you know, do they pay that dude when they go to get their haircut? I don't know. I don't think so. Is he just paid in room and board on the ship? Is that... Uh, an adventure. I don't know how economics works in the Star Trek universe. Yeah. I'm not sure I totally buy into the notion of money being a thing of the past. No, currency clearly exists. It's just yeah. how pervasive its use is. It isn't clear how this all works. Yeah. And this is what we have to talk about since the episode is so horrendous. <laughs> Yeah. So, we're getting back to the episode, our boy Jordy has just left. He's just wandered away from sickbay. He's seen Wesley. He's molested him a little bit. Yep. And now he's in the observation lounge when Tasha finds him. And oh, he, yeah. And he's having his sweaty emotional breakdown. And I think in the first season, they really try hard to create this idea that Jordy is in Tasha Yar. There are numerous episodes where Jordy seems to either be flirting with Tasha Yar or at least crushing on Tasha Yar. Sure. In this episode, like the first episode where this comes up, he's touching her face, you know, blind seeing, I guess. Is that what that's called? That's I, probably not what that's called. There's probably a better term for it. There's that. probably a better term for it. He's feeling I, her face, though. He, he's touching to her face, like. and yeah. I apologize if the term that I just used was uh, inappropriate. Anyways, I'm sorry. Uh, please feel free to correct me on what the correct term for that is. Anyhow, this is the first time, but not the last time, that we'll get the impression that Jordy is is sweet on Tasha Yar. Sure, yeah. The next Q episode, he will be given human sight by Riker. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. he will, and, he... and his only line will basically be, he will look at Tasha Yar, and he will say, you are just as beautiful as I always imagined. Yeah. And then he'll ask for his regular eyes back. But... I don't know whether they were planning to go somewhere with that before Denise Crosby left the series. Who knows? It's hard to say. I like how we get better from Jordy is like the permanently uh, sexually frustrated <laughs> character for seven seasons. Jordy is uh, is forever the friend, never the boyfriend. Oh, it's true. It's uh, a rough time for Jordy. Oh well, it's a dry spell. Keep swinging there, slugger. So Tashiar finds sweaty, sad Jordy. He infects her, and they take him to sick bay, and then. And we get to watch Tasha Yar sashay through the ship. Like, oh, because then she's infected. Because she's course. infected, like, so uh, they make a point of having the camera following her at about hip level, and her hips are just back and forth. Right, like, right. Obviously, it's meant to give the impression that she's on the prowl, and she's mm-hmm. drunk.
drunk, her inhibitions are gone, and Tasha is thinking about getting down. Right. So totally shot with the male gaze here, just ass in our faces. And it's yeah, a fine ass. It's uh, the same. It, Tasha Yar is an attractive lady. Yeah, they, but, really, they really needed the uh, yeah the, the sexy saxophone solo. It's <laughs> just going through, that would have really mincing sold, through the ship. That would have really sold the moment. Why and were there, she, there were no wolf whistles? Uh, she finds that the short guy in uh, engineering. Oh yeah, yeah. And she just attacks his face. She kisses him so like she looks like she's trying to eat his soul well, is what know. it looks like like she just grabs this guy like you see him going to hold onto her shoulder but then no he can't because you know she's basically eating him alive right yeah and then i think i don't remember what happened next then she just data yeah shortly after that data gets sent to fetch tasha because picard calls her up but she's too busy getting down to talk right now she's like data i'm in here and she's got that weird superman curl on her head i've got i've got i put on a christopher reeve curl on my head and i'm wearing an outfit with no middle yeah like it's it's a bare midriff and and, a bare back back. i'm not really how does the fabric work on that? i'm not sure the uh, the construction of that outfit was uh 24th century design yeah very futuristic i don't know how it how it worked beyond scientists of today it did remind me of the documentary trekkies there's a moment in that documentary where she and brent spiner are talking about the kind of sexy fan art that they get sent and uh yeah yeah and he's like yeah i got this one image where like they rendered my naked body just perfect but with yours they were almost specific and she's cracking up she is trying her hardest not to laugh he's like are are we recording this yeah let me tell you the first thing i did when we were starting for this was to search on google for the name of this episode and i made the mistake of doing an image search let's just say things haven't changed A lot of lot of ambitious artists out there. It's interesting. There are a lot of very good artists out there that are spending their talents on this kind of thing. Of course. And that's the thing. Everyone needs their muse. The long and short of it is that Data and Tasha have sex. And it's weird. Yes. Yeah, so it's then, a thing that happens. Just just like this episode. Just like this episode. It's a thing that happened. Yeah. And hopefully we won't have to think about it much again. So, okay, the real source of conflict in the episode is that the star West, is going to explode. The star is going to explode. The thing that potentially caused this disease to be happening in the first place is And the, Wesley has taken over engineering, so they've lost control of the ship. Yes. Using his handy dandy it's a tractor a tra- beam. Portable tractor beam, which he turned into a repulsor beam because he's so damn clever. And he used it to yeah lock everybody out essentially out yeah he, well he had that voice thing too like his play toy that let him uh imagine that picard was giving him orders you know like he'd programmed right. picard's voice into it so he gets on the intercom and he has picard transfer command to wesley crusher mm. it's interesting that he didn't have Picard didn't have to enter any of his like security or clearance codes which they always do you know the many many times they've done this in the past yeah or not in the past sorry in, <laughs> in the, the future, future. <laughs> in other episodes wait this is the second episode of the series in it, the future they have to use a password essentially presumably after this incident yeah <laughs> after this incident starfleet's all like oh that was so dumb we're gonna have to write up some stuff about quarantine procedures and command protocols because apparently a 14 year old can defeat them well maybe they you a 14 year old and a, a drunk reading rainbow host can defeat feed our procedures they need to be updated mm. well, it's probably the same as um 21st century it stuff in general where nobody ever bothered to change their password and yeah. then they would always write them down leave them on like the captain's password is probably on a post-it note stuck to the chair you know <laughs> it, it just companion chair so that's not very secure anyway so starfleet for a while was probably like oh let's just do away with passwords but then they got bit in the ass by wesley so now pa- now picard's password is guest <laughs> it's password <laughs> 
Yeah, what would be their... I guess we don't really get that information. What would Riker's password be? Oh, well, he was born... Horgon? <laughs> he was born in Alaska. Oh, yeah. Maybe, what is know. your mother's maiden name? Or maybe it's, you know, it's like, I hate my father. Oh, yeah, that's or right. Or daddy issues would be a good one. Nice. That comes up in season two. That comes up later when they want to blow up the ship in another future episode. Yeah, and actually, I think it's coming up soon. Not the next episode. A lot of this ground is covered on pretty, very, very pretty soon. early. And uh, I don't know, like, I'll mention it now in case I forget to mention it in that podcast the first time they do the auto destruct mm-hmm. there's only a five minute thing for it it oh, can't yeah. be changed they set the auto destruct and is only five minutes and they even mention that they can't change the time that they only get a five minute countdown that and seems then, like a feature they, they exactly and then, then the very yeah. next episode that they well not the very next episode but then the next time they do the uh, self destruct is the Nagilam episode yeah and in that one Picard can set a time they probably like after the five minute thing they probably put in an urgent bug fix request to Starfleet's computer department. It's weird because in the original in the Star Trek movies, the original series movies, their self-destruct could be set for different times. Well, that's what I mean. I think like, the Enterprise, they're still shaking down the ship, right? So mm-hmm. it's probably a, a whole bunch of crap that they hadn't really worked out. The Enterprise D, you know, this is his first mission out of Spaceport, right? So Spaceport. <laughs> Starbase? I don't know. Space stock? I don't know. Utopia Planitia? What? Remember Star Time? Oh, yeah, they did. Counter Farpoint? At this Star Time, where... They hadn't star- settled on Star Date. What? Star Time? That's a weird term. I want them to say space everything. You know, it's like, hey, we're we're going down to uh, Riker's quarters to play space poker. Do you want to come? Yeah. yeah it's like, uh, I will have a uh, chocolate space sundae, please. Could happen. You know, oh, space whiskey. I don't want space prefixed on everything. That's space too much. spaghetti. It doesn't need to be that. <laughs> Didn't need to be star time. It could just be time. I, uh, Anyways. I've, whatever. I have no comeback. Right. So the ever drunker crew is locked out of engineering with the exploding star fragment flying straight at the ship. So they're in peril of being destroyed. Mm-hmm. The assistant chief engineer who, for some reason, doesn't have a uniform. He and, just wears coveralls. Like, I don't yeah. know if he's meant to be... A, uh, he just is a really goofy looking guy. I don't know. So he totally pulls out all the isolinear chips, as we mentioned yeah. earlier, and started playing the with them like The chief engineer in this episode is a woman named, is it McDougal? McDougal. McDougal. Yeah, we were going to talk about this, I guess, when the sh- series started in the first season. Obviously, Jordy becomes the chief engineer in later seasons. Yeah, in but, season two, he becomes chief engineer. But, but they seem to have this idea in the first season where they'd have like a chief engineer du jour. They'd rotated it between a few different people. Yeah, because McDougal is only the chief engineer in this episode. She doesn't appear again in season one. Right, but like um, Chief Engineer Beard Guy is in quite a few episodes. Cause he's What's in, his name? It might also be McDougal. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure no, what I his th- name is. We will we will find out in the later episode. But yeah, because he's in the episode right. where no man has gone before with the Traveler. Sort of a, sort of an interesting and idea though. He's also in the episode with Lore. Right. But sort of maybe an interesting idea to have like you have your sort of like your, your ensemble cast, but then of like continuing actors, but then maybe you have a position on the ship that could be filled, like a, mm-hmm. a quote unquote important position that could be filled by a rotation of yeah. actors. There was also Mr. Singh. He was a yeah, he was an yeah. Indian chief engineer, which I quite liked. You don't hardly see any Indians portrayed uh, in the Star Trek universe. I, so as far as the, the multicultural cast went, I was like, oh, cool. Uh, yeah. a, an, an Indian chief engineer. That's great. I just and, like the and idea. And then he died that, that same episode. And I was well, like, oh. That's kind of what I was getting at, though. I kind of like the idea of having a quote-unquote important person on the cast who is essentially 
you can, a renewable and disposable resource. Like you can, <laughs> Picard can chew them out and court martial them or, or kill them if necessary. That's kind of like cool drama. You just can't do that with Geordi. Like you know yeah. going in that. And I think that would become kind of, they would become the red shirts of next gen if, if they had gone that route. Why not? That would have been great. It would be kind of like a, a running gag. You know, it's like, oh, you don't want to be the chief engineer of the Starship Enterprise. Yeah. You get your ass killed. I it's been, a cursed position. I would have been 100% on board with that. <laughs> But whatever. So, so McDougal basically, she does not get infected. She just gets angry. Yeah, she just gets angry. Because she's frustrated uh, that Wesley has uh, totally thrown them into the deep end of this situation. Yeah, and shit's going down. Like, the star has collapsed and exploded. And, like, there's a piece of the star coming towards the ship that's going to destroy them. Yeah, and they're, um, all, they're all locked out of... Yeah, at this point, everyone's drunk. Like, Picard has caught it now, and so has the doctor. And she goes to the bridge, and they have that really... Oh, awesome. God! <laughs> she goes to the bridge to talk to the captain and there's this weird kind of flirty oddness and it leads to a couple of my favorite Picard moments ever just because they're really bizarre and funny just um, YouTube this stuff she starts getting kind of seducy with Picard and she's like all close like up to his face and he makes this weird noise like and he's like doctor I'm sure they're about huh, 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 huh. like this weird kind of stuttered yeah. like machine gun laugh like yeah, he's at like, his stodgiest this, this weird throat clearing thing like he's just <laughs> He's not sure how to handle her being this close to him. And then, like, as they're leaving, like, his ready room, she unzips her top yeah. a bit. Yeah. And she's all talking about, oh, I haven't had the comfort of a husband, of a man. And he, like, he... kind of leans leans over and he's like, not now, doctor. Please. In one smooth motion, he tears his entire uniform off. It's just tear away. <laughs> that, that was a deleted scene. Oh, that didn't happen. Sorry. Yeah. That moment ends with this great awkward wave from Picard. Like, he walks out onto the bridge oh, yeah. and he looks back at her on the uh, turbo lift and he just kind of, like, has this weird stilted wave, like, where his hand kind of pauses and then, like, goes up and he does that weird, weird finger waggle wave. Yeah. She's all sultry in the uh, turbo lift, waves back, and that's when Worf reports to Riker that the captain is now in affected. It's an odd scene, clearly meant to build this kind of notion of romantic tension between Picard and Crusher. It's clearly too early in the season to be creating this dynamic. I don't know, maybe you don't feel this way at all about this whole thing, and maybe this is just be, being weird, but I kind of feel the same awkwardness with all of these characters kind of flirting with each other that I would seeing, like, your parents flirt with each other. <laughs> like, it's just weird and awkward. And maybe this guy watched the show as a kid, I don't no, I, I don't like it. <laughs> no. I don't like seeing mom and dad like kissy oh, face each other. It's just strange. I'm sorry. That's really funny. I really like that perspective. Well, that's how I feel. Okay. Okay. Your parents have had sex, you know. I don't want to talk about it. Bunch of times. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, gross like uh data having sex with yar yeah so basically what happens is oh yeah and data's drunk now too oh yeah why is data drunk he's a fucking android it doesn't make any sense except he is because that's what they said and he walks around all like all uncoordinated and goofy it's kind of weird because being that data has no emotions being drunk is basically do removing we, their inhibitions do we see data get touched well do we get the hyperspray noise for him uh yeah we do we do okay yeah. all right uh in engineering 
engineering when he's putting the isolinear chips in she, she gives hyper- him the hypospray the cure no 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 I mean when, when do we ever see him get infected uh no but I assume Presumably it happened from, when he was having sex Yar. with Tasha Yar we really they should have closed the door and then there should have been like some rustling and then we should have heard the hypospray noise but if we don't see where the hypospray noise is coming from that hypospray noise has like, oh well there it, could have been like unzipping noises too yeah I don't know like if the door's closed and then we heard this pssst, yeah, sound yeah. I'd be like is is that what it sounds like when it's an, left when to the imagination leave it to your imagination gets... that's the magic of television <laughs> all right then so drunk data gets uh, carted down to engineering to put those isolinear chips in because yep. he can do it faster than a human okay oh, oh yeah they got the for- they got Wesley's force field down so they could get into their into the isolinear chip area and then uh, Wesley comes up with the notion that like they're go- they're not going to make it it's going to take data a little longer to put the chips back yeah it's going to take them ten minutes and they have nine minutes or something yeah. so if only we had more more time and then Wesley comes up with the notion of turning the tractor beam into a repulsor beam and pushing off from the Tchaikovsky hmm. and you know a thought occurs but could they just not have used the weapons on the ship to maybe displace the giant you know stellar fragment that's flying at them just a little bit it doesn't have to be much I don't know possibly is it a piece of a star or is it a piece of a planet I've, it's I've... a piece of a star it's a okay. stellar fragment and it's you know it looks like a big rock yeah it's bigger than yeah. the Enterprise so I imagine that it would take a lot from their weapons to destroy this thing who knows who knows however i think it's important to note that wesley says why don't we do that and the chief engineer is like don't be stupid kid you're being stupid and that's stupid yeah and he's that's like no no quote. yeah he's like no no why don't you just see it in your mind and he oh, yeah. does what she says will take weeks see, to do this we talked about this before you don't understand when people think don't think wesley's annoying it's for doing things like that that is annoying it's like oh i'm so smart well he also saved their lives while infected with the drunk it was virus. his fault they were in that situation it was not his fault they were in that situation. He's it the was, one that locked out the ship. But he would have gotten them out of the way if that dumbass hadn't pulled out all of the isolinear chips. Wesley's the one that let him in there, that, into his little playpen. To quote Wesley directly, it was an adult that did it. Shut up, you little pecker. <laughs> That's what I would have said to Picard. I'm just saying that it's impressive that this kid saved the Enterprise while under the influence of the single. He didn't even get the cure until after he saved the day. Actually, that's something I was wondering about. Everybody's intoxicated. We sort of get representation of all the different archetypes of drunks. There's like the silly drunk, the angry drunk, the flirty drunk. Mm -hmm. Why wasn't there just the dude that passes out in inappropriate places or inappropriately early? Maybe that was the con guy. Remember when that con guy just got up and left yeah. no he was break. going to vomit I oh, assume okay. wait Worf should have been just keeled over on the con because Worf, we never we don't see anything from Worf in this episode w- Worf seemed to be immune oh yeah yeah I really would have pegged him as the angry drunk <laughs> I think maybe Klingons metabolize alcohol differently I guess so yeah like maybe yeah. Maybe it didn't affect him the way it was affecting everyone else. But all I'm saying... Was uh, his, but my point was, was he's a child? He, if he is not accustomed to the effects of alcohol, he seems, hey, yeah, as you say, he seems better to, able to handle than anyone else. But shouldn't he have just fallen asleep? I don't know. Like, I, I guess it depends on how this virus works or, or how this infection know. works. Yeah. Is it exactly like alcohol in every way, or is it just mimicking the effects of alcohol? Like maybe it doesn't bring in like I don't know. I didn't see anyone like running to the bathroom to piss or anything either. You know? I I didn't, no I'm, one's no one's getting chicken wings out of the uh, yeah exactly. And like the, uh, you, you never realize how drunk you are until you have to pee. That's like I don't know. I think that's always the moment when you're like, that oh god, happened. I'm really drunk. We don't know where the bathrooms are on the ship anyway. That's true. 
We'll have to break this down in a future episode. Information bathrooms on the Enterprise. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't know. And their non-existence. So anyways, they come up with a cure. The day is saved by Wesley while he's drunk. Yay, Wesley. Decent sweater in this episode. Yeah. Not as good as the first episode. Interesting collar on it, because it's got this kind of collar that looks like he's wearing a collared shirt under his sweater, but it's not. It's built into the sweater. Yeah. It's got this weird ribbing on the back of it, too. Ribbed collar. I want to talk about the very end of the episode, where everything's fine, we're back on the bridge, and then Picard has his line, I put it to you. Uh. <laughs> I think we shall have a fine crew, if we can avoid temptation. And everyone on the bridge is just like, it doesn't, it doesn't Picard play, doesn't like, pull it off at all. Like, he's, oh, this is going to be a clever line. I'll just say this to my crew and show them that I'm a funny captain, too. No. Was that the idea? Like, I don't know what the uh, what the motivation is for Picard. but It's he, really awkward. Like, he says it, and everyone just looks at him like, what? Yeah. Why would you say that? Ugh. It was awkward. And then they zoom off to further adventures. So that was The Naked Now. Yeah. I'd recommend skipping this episode. <laughs> yeah. The only important thing that happens in this episode is that Data and Yar got down. Yeah. And literally, I'm not being facetious here, that's the only important thing that happened this episode because that's going to come up in future episodes. It, I, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. You know, in Measure of a Man, it's part of Data's defense when... Uh, so, literally, the only important thing that happened in this episode is that Tashiar boned an android. Weird. <laughs> Keep it classy, Star Trek. Thanks. So, yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? My final thoughts on this episode in particular are exactly the same as it were before we rewatched it, which are, this is one of the least entertaining episodes. It's hard to watch. Obviously, things get better from here on in, but if there's a few episodes you want that are on your skip list, this would probably be one of them. No offense to uh, anybody involved. <laughs> I wonder if this is one of the Phase 2 scripts that got Yes, courted. it is. Oh, is we didn't it? talk about that. Yeah, yeah. No, it absolutely is. Before Next Gen came out, and in fact, before Star Trek The Motion Picture was made, they were developing a new Star Trek series called Phase 2. Yeah. And and Casino Royale, which is in the second season? Is that what the episode's called? The Royale? Yeah, Sorry. The, it's called The Royale. That is That script is 100% lifted. That was mm-hmm. from Phase 2. This one, I, I maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not right about that. I'm pretty sure this was... This feels like a Phase 2 script. So does the next episode coming up. Oh, yeah. The next episode uh, is, I believe it's called Code of Honor. We'll get there. And it's so original series that it... It's yeah, painful. a lot it, of the yeah, feel it might is... not even be a se- it might not even be phase two. This might be an original series script that they didn't use and then updated because this next episode is unbelievably original series. In even feel. this one, actually, I wanted to mention that yeah, a lot of the music hits in this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we talked before about like how a lot of the stings were very, very original series esque. You know, that sort of that they'll end a shot, they'll end a scene with sort of a tense kind of yeah. The TNG like never really does that in the same way in later seasons. But they kind of develop their own musical style around yeah. season three. They kind of get away from, uh, from yeah. the tropes of the original series. They're really leaning on them very heavily at this point. Yeah, and uh, the first two seasons a lot more synthesizer than will be in later seasons. Like season three, they pretty much just no more synthesizer in the score at all. It's all just orchestral. Great but, move. Yeah, definitely. But uh, for the first two seasons, there's a bit too much synthesizer. Yeah. But yeah, phase two was going to be the new Star Trek TV series and then they just turned it into Star Trek The Motionless Picture but a couple of the characters from Phase 2 basically got ported over to Next Gen so Deckard is Riker oh, yeah. Ilea is Counselor Troy you're right right and there's a third character who was a Vulcan who is Data right I can't remember what the uh, what the new Vulcan's name was in Phase 2 
I used to know this. I don't remember. Vox or yeah. something weird? Yeah. Anyways, so those characters basically just got ported right over to Next Gen. So when uh, the writer's strike happened coming into Season 2, which almost ended Next Gen because mm. they didn't have scripts. They just basically repurposed a whole bunch of Star Trek Phase 2 scripts through Season 2. In fact, the very first episode of Season 2, The Child, is, is a, a Star Trek Phase 2 script yeah. that they just ported over. And it's what saved Star Trek The Next Generation, actually, because they had a whole bunch of scripts that they could film that basically got them through the strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my final thought on The Naked Now is don't really watch it. It's not worth your time. <laughs> um, unless you really like Tasha Yar, then... Oh, sure. Go for it. I really like Tasha Yar a lot, so... You um, also like Superman curls. Yeah, well, listen. Locks. I'm just... I have a lot of hair jealousy. I mean, your hair looks really good today. Thank you. You're welcome. I should note that Foley is, in fact, wearing his Star Trek pajamas right now, or his pajama top. It's my Christmas present. Yeah. Okay, smile for the camera. Beautiful. All right, I will put this image up with this uh, episode so you all can see... Foley and his super sweet Star Trek pajama top, which is actually really nice. I think it's a. I yeah. think I like it even better than the official costume top yeah. that they that they do. It's comfortable. It's professional. You can I wear it in your workplace, most likely to a meeting, a <laughs> wedding. It, it's really a very versatile gar- garment. Yeah, yeah. So there we are. Jury duty. Know, getting super off topic at the end, as as we always do. Well, as we always meaning last episode and this episode i guess yeah. we'll see how future episodes go all right well thanks thank you for joining us on the diecast enterprise and we will see you next time Beep.